This is Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 170. Thomas Miller back with you, and I've got a great interview today that is going to introduce you, hopefully, to something that you've never heard of before. You know, I've been focusing a little bit more on quality over quantity on the podcast lately, just trying to bring you some things that to me were wow, and I've got a wow for you today. You know, I'm still amazed when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I've seen that over and over so many times in my own life. And this is something that just appeared at the right time. And now I'm going to pass it on to you. Have you ever heard of destiny cards? Well, I hadn't either. But destiny cards are an incredible system that you're going to learn all about today. Just another window onto this incredible tapestry called our life. And where I found this was from astrologer. Well, she's so much more than just astrologer. Rosie Cutter from Aspen. Now, this is somebody I had not met in Aspen, but was connected on Facebook mutually. And like I said, just at the right time, this material appeared. So I reached out to her and asked if she would be interested in talking to you about it. And she was. So really, without further ado, let's just jump right in and talk to Rosie Cutter about Destiny Cards. Rosie, welcome to Subconscious Mind Mastery. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Oh, listen, I've been looking forward to this since I dug a little deeper on this whole destiny card thing. But before we go there, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you're into astrology, you do readings, you have a remarkable following. How did you get to where you are in all of this? Well, people always ask that. And uh, I'm like, well, I was just trying to figure out my own crazy life. Um, Yeah, I definitely studied Western astrology, Vedic or Jyotish astrology, uh, palm reading. I was fascinated by all of these things. I'm actually adopted. So one of the first readings I ever had in Western, uh, they said something about me not knowing my real mother. And I was like, well, how can they know that just for my birthday? This is fascinating. So of course I dove deep into all the different esoteric uh, studies and then doing readings for my friends or people you're dating or family members. Over time, I started to see how accurate all these systems were. And then I was uh, living in the island of Kauai and I came across the destiny card system and I had never heard of it before, but it was incredibly accurate, even based on the foundation that I had already about my Western chart. But I thought it was interesting because it's only based on the day. You don't need the time. You don't need the place. Everybody born on a certain day is that card. And even signing a contract into being would take on the energy of that card if you do it on that day. So I became very fascinated with that. And I started to incorporate it into my studies and bought the books from Robert Lee Camp, the Destiny card books, which you have. And he also has a wonderful book called Love Cards, which gives a great synopsis of each of the individual days, as well as the relationship compatibility. So over the years, I started doing fun readings, friend readings, obsessing over my own life, of course. And then I eventually moved to Ibiza and then Brazil. And as I was traveling, This is around the time of Skype really coming into being and people would call me and say, hey, that reading you gave me really came true, you know, because I record all of the readings so people can go back. 
And then I said, Hey, wait a minute, we can talk on the phone and I can record it and send it to you that way. And so it kind of ballooned into um, people telling their friends, people telling other people. It's really the validation of the systems in general. I also studied human design, which is a fabulous system out of Ibiza. And so all of these things really point towards the same direction, which to me only increased their validity. And yeah, that was about eight years ago. Now I do over a thousand readings a year, four to 500 companies. Um, you can look at very specific things and you can even look at the past as far as validating what's already been happening in somebody's life. So I found it to be a wonderful tool. And a few years ago, I came in contact with Robert Lee Camp, who I consider the best author um, alive on these systems. And I pitched an idea to him. I said, hey, you know, the only time you actually use a deck of cards is when you do your weekly reading. And he gives the instructions for that in the Destiny card book that you have. But he had never made a kit. And I said, why don't you make a kit? We've got angel cards. We've got every kind of card you can imagine. And when people asked me, how did you learn and memorize all these numbers? I was like, well, I did my weekly reading every week for over seven years. And so over time, you learn and memorize the numerology and the astrological archetypes. And so I, I proposed to Robert that we do a kit and it took many years to do. I was living abroad for a lot of it. And we all know, uh, you know, production can take forever. And so, yeah, now it finally came out last year. And so we have this weekly reading kit, which uses the Destiny card system so that people can empower themselves to look at what's going on. I do workshops where I show people how to do their own readings. And um, it's just fascinating to me because over all the years and the thousands and thousands of recordings, the systems prove themselves. You know, people are like, hey, you told me I was going to get pregnant. We've been trying for years. Right when you said I was going to get pregnant is when we finally got pregnant. And I'm like, well, it's not me. It's these great numerological coincidences here. But uh, yeah, it definitely has changed the course of my life. And I was a professional musician for a long time. That was a lot of the travel. So the cards helped me in business, seeing the best times to advertise, seeing the best people to work with, uh, that sort of a thing. And now I've just transitioned to doing readings full time and music just for fun. Oh, that is awesome. Amazing. So for people who don't know anything about Destiny cards, tell us where this came from and all about it. Well, the mystery really is that we actually don't know. Um, it's pre-Egyptian. It predates the tarot. And so the 52 card deck is actually basically a little calendar. It totally represents our Gregorian calendar. So there's 52 cards in the deck. We have 52 weeks in the year. Five plus two is seven. There's seven days in the week. There are seven planets that we see from the naked eye. Seven days times 52 is 364. And actually, the reason that we celebrate New Year's Eve is because it's kind of a day out of time. It doesn't fit in the perfect mathematical moon cycle calendar. That's also why we have a leap year. So actually, the day of New Year's Eve is the Joker card. And if you've ever met anybody born on New Year's Eve, they are the jack of all jacks. Very fun. Um, 13 weeks in the year. From the ace to the king is 13. There's four seasons represented by the four suits. There's 13 new moons in each solar year. And so it's basically like a tool 
it's very much steeped in different Freemasonic um, books. And basically around the 1800s, there was a book that was written called the Mystic Test Pack. And that was the first time that it was really brought into the public and brought out of the secrets. And that was from Olney Richmond. And he says that he was charged by the Great White Brotherhood. They came to him while he was very high up in the military and said, hey, you're the guy and we want you to bring this knowledge to the public and preserve it. We've been keeping it hidden. And he was the ultimate skeptic. If you read this book, The Mystic Test Pack, it's hilarious. It's coming from this very stuffy kind of scientific point of view. And then he goes through, he teaches himself, he inundates it, and he becomes totally convinced and understands that this is really the basis of numerology and astrology that governs a lot of our planet. Most people don't realize, but the playing cards were not used for games until Napoleon legalized them in France. He was um, very much using them to strategically plan battles. He had a very famous cartonomist called Mademoiselle Lanormand, and there's the Lanormand method. Sometimes there's some books or people might be familiar with that. And she was one of the first people in the kind of public eye to be using the 52 card deck for divination as opposed to, uh, let's say, the tarot. So Napoleon and his brilliance, uh, the cards were basically illegal in all of Europe. Anything to do with cats, intuition, herbs, they weren't having it at the time. So in his brilliance, he said, well, I'm going to let the French people play the cards for games. And they can have pinnacle and poker and all these things that our society is very much steeped in, the playing cards now. Um, And he basically insinuated them into society and allowed them to be accepted as opposed to being seen as some sort of gypsy divination thing. And now he must have been successful because pretty much people don't remember at all that they were originally a tool for fortune telling. That's amazing that playing cards are such a, a recent phenomenon and before that divination. Who would have ever known? And think about the power that it has over our society as far as gambling, games, all societies actually. And interestingly enough as well, the symbols have never changed. The way that the kings and queens face, like the king of diamonds is a one-eyed king. You see the side of his face with a battle axe raised. That is all symbolic. Even the way that, let's say, a seven is laid out to visually look at it. You have a path of three on each side, and then you have one in the middle at the top. So seven represents problems in the material world that force us to look at it in another way, perhaps give up our expectations, be more spiritual, and by approaching it a different way, it can be successful. Whereas if you look at the nines in the, in the way that the face is laid out, you have the two rows on either side, and then you have one right in the middle. So it's a blockage. It can't go that way anymore. Nine is the ending in every numerology. um, No matter what the culture is, nine is the end of the cycle. So it's a number of spirituality. So there's many hidden messages, even in the way that the deck visually appears, and it has not been changed in thousands of years. What is its relationship with astrology and what is its distinction from astrology? 
So in the actual calendars where the information for the yearly readings is derived from, there is a map and it actually uses astrology and numerology. So there's this grid that's laid out and it's Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. And then the numbers cycle around through this calendar. So every year the calendar changes. And so every year, much like a weather forecast, you're the same, but your circumstances are changing and what you're dealing with is changing. So actually, it's interesting. When I first started learning Western astrology, you know, it's very... uh, a lot of nomenclature and, and headiness, a lot of words that are can kind of throw you off with all of the lingo of Western astrology. And so when I dove deep into this system for several years, I would say it's actually a wonderful precursor for learning astrology because you learn the archetypal meanings of the planets, like Mercury being the way the mind works, the first 13 years of life, et cetera, et cetera. And it reveals itself so obviously. It's almost like the difference between playing a piano and then playing a guitar. The Destiny card system is very linear. So now that I've gone back into my practice with Western astrology, it makes a lot more sense because I understand what each of the archetypes mean. So Western astrology, you need the birthplace, the time is ideal, uh, and the birthday. The great thing about this system is, like I said, it's just based on the day. So the only day that's the king of spades is January 1st. The only day that's the joker is December 31st. And based on those days, then you see somebody's life path. They have a card in every planet, just like in Western astrology, you'd have a uh, sign in every house. But I would say that it's it's very much just as accurate, but easier to kind of grok, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I was wondering, are they, do they read differently or more synergistically? Totally synergistically. So for example, people who have the clubs, clubs would be, let's say, vata or air energy. They're like the... Uh, the students of the Zodiac. And I often find many people who are clubs have a lot of fire and air in their charts. Spades only start in the beginning of the year. And so that's spirituality. I find those people are a lot more earth signs. So it definitely, when I do the readings, I utilize all three systems. Um, But yes, they all very much reinforce each other. So if I say, hey, here are five of hearts, and then I start reading the key words about what that means, there's definitely going to be some kind of similarities in your Western chart about being a student, freedom loving, the card of travel, this sort of thing. So the big question, if somebody is not familiar with this, what's the best way for them to get familiar? Um, Well, they can always get a reading. I do 30-minute, 60-minute, or 90-minute readings. Even pulling up what your card is based on your birthday online. I have a website, destinycardproducts.com, and that shows the calendar, talks about the history of the cards, even just reading a little bit and seeing if it resonates. I mean, that's what really got me is I was already very much steeped in my own chart when I read about the Queen of Clubs. So I just couldn't believe 
how accurate it was just being based on my day. So the first thing would be, yeah, to look it up. Um, what is my card? Look up the calendar, read a bit about it, and then get an introductory reading and, and see, I can see the last few years and say, Hey, that last March, did you have an unexpected loss in the house of real estate? And it's very, very interesting that way. So just having an open mind and kind of educating yourself into seeing, and I will say there's certain things like everything you're not going to exemplify every single trait and everything that's written down. But interestingly enough, you probably have a lot of people in your life who act those traits out because it's all a mirror. I was going to ask, do you, so your predictive readings, are they more governed by the cards, more by the chart? Um, yeah, they're, they're governed. So let's say that someone is a five of hearts and they're in a particular year. The numerology, much like Western astrology, is fixed for that year. I'm not dealing a deck. I'm not saying like the tarot, which I find fascinating and is fun. I'm not saying, oh, what's going to happen on this person's journey. I'm going to the five of hearts at 52 and I'm seeing a weather forecast. So if I read that or whether you read it out of the book yourself, it's going to be the same because it's a fixed chart. So yes, I use the cards. I think they're the fastest, most accurate way to get to things without having to pull out the whole Western chart. Like I can do, you know, I do parties and stuff where people get like 10 minute intro readings and I can immediately go back and have certain keywords and have them ask me certain questions. And I can see right away when that's going to happen or when am I going to meet somebody? When is the house going to sell? And yes, the cards I feel like are just so uh, beautiful in showing when the timing is that we're moving through. Yeah. So how I was introduced to you was somebody on Facebook who talked about how amazing your readings were and how accurate they were, just exactly like you're talking about. And this guy was a business owner in Aspen who mentioned um, business timing things and some personal timing things that you just nailed. Is that something that just that you learned through the process of this, or is that an extra intuitive perception that you get when you put all of this in front of you and then that type of information seems to just kind of jump off the page to you. No, this is a very, it's very mathematical. It's very linear. So people think, Oh, Rosie's a grace. Well, like, Hey, it's not me. I just have an obsessive compulsive memory <laughs> and it was able to memorize these systems. Um, over time, of course, I think like a doctor, once you see so many thousands of people, you can recognize the patterns more quickly. Um, however, I definitely do classes and workshops where I show and empower people to learn these systems themselves. And I mean, I love psychics. I go to psychics. I think it's fascinating, but their job is a lot harder than mine is. These seem way more foolproof. These are ancient systems. And you know, you have the book yourself, for example, so you can start to experiment with that. And it has nothing to do with whether you're psychic or extra intuitive. If you go and look up your chart for the year and you know what happened for the last few months, it's probably going to articulate that pretty clearly. So I feel like everybody has intuition, but these tools are great to get us in touch with that. Coincidentally, my card is the queen of clubs, which is the mother of intuition. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think that my mind is set up in a certain way that it works 
um, and that I'm able to absorb information and disperse it in a way that people can understand. But I feel like everybody has these tools at their disposal. And if you go back in time, I mean, you know, people are sitting over tea and reading the tea leaves. And this is how we sailed around the world. This is how we watch weather patterns is by noticing cycles and symbols. So I think everybody has the ability to do it. And that's what I want to encourage, especially with the weekly reading kit is how can you get in touch with that part of yourself, even if it's for 10 minutes a week and you shut the door and the kids aren't allowed in and you're able to breathe and get in touch with your angels, your higher self, whatever you want it to be, and ask for the knowledge and the guidance so that you can make it through the week in the most auspicious way possible. The examples I always give is like, astrology is like a weather forecast. We can't make there be five foot of powder. And we can stand here, I can sit in the hot sun in my ski gear and sweat and just be upset. Or I can be smart enough to know that I need to pay attention to the weather and what's happening around me. And then even when the five foot of powder does come, I need to be well rested. I need to have my gear and I need to get my butt up on the mountain. And once I get up there, if you're well rested and if you're prepared, it can be the most exciting day of your life. If I take Amy Winehouse strung out and drop her in five foot of powder in the backcountry with no gear, what's going to happen? It's going to be disastrous. So it's the same environmental circumstances, but totally different results. And that's what I think the astrology can show as well, is that we always have free will, but we are subject to the weather. And it's good to know when you are pushing against the current and when you're not. Great way to put it. Little energy spotlight beams is kind of the way I've put it. It's like, you know, there's a little focus of energy here, a little focus of energy here, a little focus of energy here. And when you put all that together, right, then you know where the energy is around you. Sure. And like, let's say with the skiing analogy, boom, there's a tree well. It's marked off. It doesn't mean I'm not going to go skiing because there's a tree. Well, it means I'm not going to fall down it because I see it. And people are always like, oh, I don't want to hear any of the bad stuff. I'm like there really isn't. It's not about bad stuff, but it's more like, hey, there's a hailstorm coming. Put the cars in the garage. As long mm-hmm. as you know what's coming up, it doesn't have to be bad. But when we flounder around, mostly because people were disempowered, people aren't aren't given the tools. People aren't encouraged to learn. Even think about like, if you go to be a a CIA agent, they're going to teach you iridology, how to read the eyes, how to read body language. Often they teach astrology because you can see so much if we just pay attention to these small cues. But I feel like that is partially um, been lost. And I think there's a huge resurgence in astrology and the mystical sciences because people are seeking depth and they want to be able to understand what is happening around them in a way that gives them some meaning as opposed to being victims of life. Like, for example, you know, if I look at my chart and it says that I have this difficult thing and abandonment and adoption and all that, and you can look at it from an intellectual point of view, then I can maybe come to the conclusion that I chose this for myself and it's made me who I am as opposed to being a victim of circumstance. I think it can give people a lot of meaning even in the difficult times in their life that they've gone through. And when we do look at the past and I say, hey, this was happening in this year, and they're like, yeah, everything went to hell in a handbasket, it kind of gives them a, a way to step back and see that there's a greater meaning in all of it and also see the upside of things. 
Okay, that was the other thing I was going to ask you. Perfect transition, because you mentioned getting into all of this, trying to, as you said, understand your own crazy life. I think, don't we all, right, that we have this thing and we're trying to figure out what happened. So from a soul perspective, from a soul purpose perspective, that's where I approached astrology more was looking at why, what, how does all this wire together, just like what you said. What is the higher purpose going on here? How do the cards complement that? Well, they can show, for example, what your sole purpose is, what you're here to give to the world, um, how your energy plays out. So let's use you as an example. Um, as a five of hearts, you're the emotional wanderer. Amazing actors and musicians are this card. Five is the number of human beings. We have five fingers. We look like a star. So five has the stability of four, but wants something more. Ha ha ha. So it's the card of travel, change, restlessness. So when someone learns that they're a five, which by the way, everybody's got two cards. You have your sun card and then you have your rising sign or your planetary ruler, which is based on you know, I'm a Taurus, so my planetary ruler is in Venus. So my second card is a five. And when I learned about it, I was like, wow, this is why I'm not like other people. This is this insatiable restlessness. Fives are seekers. They're here to have experiences, but not judge them. Well, that was great relief because a lot of times people are trying to fit a, you know, square peg into a round spot and I can understand, okay, I'm here to be this dynamic, creative person. And so for you, with that five of hearts, you need to have ways to express yourself emotionally, talk with people, sing, play music, act. Those are all ways to express the emotions. And that can show you, okay, that's, it's almost like this. If electricity is running through our house and we plug in the computer to charge it, it's useful. If we drop it in the bathtub, it's destructive. Where does your predominant amount of energy lie? And then what can we build up to balance that out? So you're this dynamic five. You have all these amazing creative ideas. So structure is your friend, right? You don't need any more creativity and open-mindedness. You've got all that. How do we bring that down into the world so that you can share your unique experience with everyone else? Also. When you look at the childhood stuff, that can bring great understanding to people. I mean, some of the biggest, you know, epiphanies people have is when I read them the cards of their parents, for example. And they're like, wow, this is this is how she is. And it, it wasn't me or that I didn't do enough to please her or this sort of a thing. This is the dynamic, dissatisfied woman that she is. And maybe there's a certain amount of forgiveness that can happen there as well. And oftentimes it does point to special career gifts that people have. So this is another example I love to use, but um, I didn't play music until I learned about my destiny card hmm. and I was 20 and then I started playing music and then I became a very successful musician all over the world. And it said specifically that it was gifted in music. Johnny Cash is the same card, Bonnie Raitt. And I had always liked music, but it almost gave me that confidence to go 
put some time and energy towards it. And I, and I did learn music faster than I thought I could because the card said that as well. And over time, it became a very healthy outlet for emotional expression. So just like you, you have all these amazing emotions. They're not here to be judged. But think about if you go to act in a play or you write an album, you have an outlet for these emotions as opposed to you just feeling like this super powerful but yet sometimes wondering where am I going to put all this electricity? Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. One of the greatest gifts that I've thought after my own transition into this new way of thinking and being is if parents and children could have this information why, during those child-rearing years, that would transform our planet. Well, I'm happy to say that it is transforming our planet. Um, you know, I got flown to Kauai to do speech therapy with autistic children. I worked in public and private schools for a long time before any of all this started. And so I have a large network of people that I nannied for, chef for, worked with, and they have their children's charts done. And it is immensely helpful. If my parents had been told to put me on stage at five years old, they probably would have had an easier go at it, right? Because I would Absolutely. have the expression. So it's very powerful in that way. And also, I think it's important to, one of the things that I urge parents to understand is that all behavior is attention seeking. You know, a dog would rather be hit than not touched at all. And a big part of applied behavior analysis, which was the sort of therapy I was doing with the autistic children, shows that we, we all have this bad programming. Think about it. If you stay home sick from school, you get a lot of attention. You know, you get maybe more care than normal. So we kind of are reinforced for the problems that we have. And with the astrology, you can see where somebody's at emotionally, or you can see, for example, the child is emotionally overwhelmed. Okay, well, as opposed to having a timeout, what if it becomes, hey, I can see that you're overwhelmed. Why don't you go to your room and you get to play with your favorite toy or have your favorite snack? Because we want to reinforce that taking time alone is not a bad thing. And as we become adults and we have all these relationships, think about how many times if you had just shut your mouth, taken a breath and stepped outside, so much less chaos would have been ensued. But we're almost programmed to keep it going and keep feeding the machine. So with children, if we can teach this sort of emotional intelligence, we're going to be able to curtail what I would imagine is a lot of, you know, unnecessary pain in this world that just has to do with people not being able to express themselves in a healthy way. Man. This could go on for hours, Rosie. You have been amazing. Thank you. I get it now why our mutual friend said this is the best reading you'll ever have. I totally get it, and I can't wait to get lined up for that and have that special card deck on its way, and I'm looking forward to getting that as well. But, um, boy, thank you for the light that you're bringing into the world. Oh, thank you so much for having me come on. And I'm just thankful, you know, that's what my astrology says is I'm here to be of service through knowledge. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to sign up for a reading, they can find me on social media, Rosie Cutter, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we have the website, destinycardproducts.com that talks about the history. You can order a deck, you can sign up for a reading. And I would just encourage people in general to learn about themselves because I think there's a lot of focus on the outward world and what we achieve or how we take care of everyone else, but it's, it can be a little bit of a lack of self-knowledge. 
and so important when you understand from this perspective, and it is written into the cards and the stars, and it's there for us to to seek it out. And I'm just thrilled that you're providing this service to people. This is awesome. Well, wonderful. And you're doing a great job here. I love that you're interviewing people. That's such a five of hearts. You're so here to help people talk and exchange ideas and grow and move to the next level. So I definitely appreciate it. And it's just funny how the cosmic coincidences come around. And I just would like to say too, you know, don't ever worry that you're not in the right place or that you're not going to meet the right people. I think that things are a bit more protected and aligned than we'd imagine. Absolutely. And I know you love your good powder days. And uh, this year I stepped away from the mountains and I hope that you are getting some of those runs on my behalf. I certainly will. And on Sunday, we're supposed to get a bunch more. We in Jackson, I'm in Jackson Hole visiting right now, but we, uh, it broke Wyoming snow records, actually. This has been an amazing, amazing winter. Yeah, so yeah. But <laughs> well, you go have some fun and that hooting and hollering. I'm sure I'll hear it all the way back to Texas. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And all those links that Rosie just mentioned are in the show notes in the description. So you can just look in that, whether you're on iTunes or on your phone or on the website, you can just click through to all of those for resources on Destiny Cards. You can play around with it online, as she mentioned, and then you can do deeper dives all the way from readings to products. So there you go. Destiny Cards. I hope you enjoy it. Do it for your family. Do it for the people that are close to you in your life. You'll have an amazing experience with this. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. And until next time, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.